I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I'm just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh,
asase ya mpone mwa awo die mwa wo sana ya adani die mebewa medaimo meti asea medaimo dre dre damani fatre i am the earth and water i am the full moon I am the first mother, the universal womb. They call me sacred lotus, wisdom of the kind supreme. The mothership that brought the first terrestrial being. I come from distant planets, and now I have returned. I am the great goddess, come to you in human form. Mysterious by nature, I hold my magic wand. Cast my Kyrie shells and read them in the dirt I stand on. My power is electric, you feel it in my gaze. I will live on when others perish in the end of days. They call it I mortal, I move through space portals. My body turns to dust, I traded for a better model. I am the shrine keeper, civilization teacher. I am the sun's reflection and the divine receiver. I birthed the last giants, now called the juggernauts. When I designed the trees, I made the roots from my Nazi locks. I am the fertile ground, and I am heaven's skies. I'm made of dark matter and full of pure light. I'm just a tiny proton inside the smallest atom. I am a black hole, pulling stars inside my chasm. You think you know me, but my name eludes you well. I am your consciousness, and I'm your dream spell. I am but all things, yet I am none at all. Enemies fear me, but mostly they just respect and awe. Something, as we say, I'm compelled by a spiritual force that I cannot resist. Besides me, I shake can't keep fast by the shake. Um, which means? Which means a spiritual force that I cannot resist. I am the earth and water, I am the full moon, I am the first mother, the universal womb. They call me sacred lotus, wisdom of the kind supreme, the mothership that brought the first terrestrial being. I come from distant planets, and now I have returned. I am the great goddess, come to you in human form. Mysterious by nature, I hold my magic wand, cast my carry shells and weave in the dirt I stand on. My power is electric, you feel it in my gaze. I will live on when others perish in the end of days. They call it I mortal, I move through space portals. My body turns to dust, I traded for a better model. I am the shrine keeper, civilization teacher. I am the sun's reflection and the divine receiver. I birthed the last giants, now called the juggernauts. When I designed the trees, I made the roots from my Nazi locks. I am the fertile ground, and I am heaven's skies. I'm made of dark matter and full of pure light. I'm just a tiny proton inside the smallest atom. I am a black hole, pulling stars inside my chasm. You think you know me, but my name eludes you well. I am your consciousness, and I'm your dream spell. I am but all things, yet I am none at all. Enemies fear me, but mostly they just respect it all. They always thought Africa was something dark and mysterious because of lack of knowledge. If you want to go to Africa, go back to Africa. You know, all those kind of negative things that try to make you really feel bad, but, you know, you just show their own ignorance. Because I feel good about my Africanism. Joy, joyful exaltation, 
my media is not defeated. Joyous, joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tene. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is a continuation, part three, of the gates of wisdom and the path to understanding. The gates of wisdom and the path to understanding. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already dealt with. Starting off in the King James Version of the Bible, Genesis 2.9, And out of the ground made the Lord God grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 3:22 And the Lord God said, "Behold, the man is become as of one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever." Genesis 3:24 So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Deuteronomy 20:19. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time and making war against it to take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them. For thou mayest eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down. For the tree of the field is man's life to employ them, in siege. Proverbs 3.18, she is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs 13.12, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Proverbs 15.4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Revelation 2.7, he that heareth an ear, let him hear. What the spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And finally, Revelation 22. And he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, 
and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the God, Lord God, giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to shew unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things say, 
Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And the tree of life and all the branches and the life waters that's given the thirst of the souls that careth and that loveth the Lord. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the gates of wisdom and the path to understanding, part three. Blessings and grace.
blessings, and grace. And I'm back with tonight's theme, the paths of wisdom and the gate of understanding. The paths of wisdom and the gate of understanding. What we're doing is that we're incorporating and seeking to explain the 32 paths of Genesis, also known as the 32 paths of wisdom of the Sefer Yetzirah, which is in context of the Sefer Yetzirah's tree of life, the Hebrew tree. Now, working upon the tree, pathworking is reserved for integration of the newly attained levels of consciousness and not as a means of ascent proper. However, working the paths that define from a newly attained sphere is a part of the process that enables one to ascend to the next higher level. In other words, the integration of the new level into the old levels through pathworking is what transforms one and empowers their next ascent. When these 32 paths of wisdom are combined with the 16 hidden paths, then the 231 gates are revealed. But here, tonight, and in the past preceding nights, I'm just dealing with the 32 paths. The rest of the journey is on you. Now, the first path I will speak of tonight is calf, which is the 18th path, and it's the consciousness of the house of influence. From its inmost center flow the knowledge and veiled ideas, which abide in its shadow. Thus is there the union with the inmost substance of the cause of causes, the cause of causes, with the path of calf. One now turns to the same gadula force upon their personal self and upon their mundane life circumstances. This integrates the integrated individuality still further. The integrated individuality into a denser, thicker level of personal self. Now at this level, the universal legality as it's perceived takes on the astral form of knowledge and veiled ideas. In other words, the perception of legality is normally veiled, is normally hidden with astral symbol. However, one brings a different, more inclusive perspective and the realm of instinctual emotions as they perform the task of calf which is to integrate to the deeper levels of your personal self. Now, mind you, by this point, one has already been transformed by the prior work. So this is not the average person's um, dive into deepness. Here, one infuses their instinctual emotions with perspective and power. You infuse your instinctual emotions with a greater perspective and the power infused behind that. And this transforms the entire emotional composition of the person into a perfect reflection of the individual influx of light. 
And this transformation immediately passes from Netzach to Had and on to Yasad and Malkuth, bringing the whole structure of the individual and personal self into a state of integrated equilibrium. So this so deepens the union with the inmost substance of the cause of causes, that one can begin the penetration of the veil and the crossing of the abyss the understanding and overstanding of the unknown. And the next path is Bana. And it's the path of hidden consciousness because it is the radiance that illuminates all the powers of the mind, which are seen with the eye of the intellect and through the contemplation of truth. Filled with understanding of its perfect law, I am guided moment by moment along the path of liberation. And this is based on Genesis 1-6. And Elohim said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. With Aleph, Elohim made the firmament, the compressed and condensed veil. But with Bina, this path, Elohim says, let there be a firmament. In other words, this is a statement of potential and intention. The potential and the intent behind it. Not of making or manifesting, but the potential of the manifestation and the intention behind it. Furthermore, it speaks of the potential for the sequence. Let it divide the waters from the water with a unified, non-sequential realm in the midst of the waters. So the true Bina stands for the opposite side of the abyss from Gadula. It is the realm of undifferentiated, unsequentialized potential. The potential is not an order. It's not in sequential order. It's just all there. Hand in hand with this potential is also their inevitable realization or manifestation. But at the level of Bina proper, they exist only as unlimited potential. The abyss is purely mental and is composed solely of our inability as sequentialized units of consciousness to comprehend non-sequentiality. The crossing of this abyss is therefore a matter of understanding non-sequentiality looking at it and knowing that it's not in its proper order and how to do so. For the ascending one, Bina serves as the immediate goal of the crossing to put in order. It is, so to speak, the gateway to eternity. Bina appears dark. Its non-sequential light is incomprehensible and therefore invisible. Yet when one crosses and experiences firsthand, it grows steadily brighter as understanding increases and becomes bright. This is the hidden radiance, the hidden radiance, the epinoa. Bina is where eternal mental body resides. This is the greatest self which, which, which projects its potential into the realm of sequence. 
creating temporal mental bodies or our individual selves. It is the direct causal agent of the individual self. For the ascending one, reaching Bina means merging with one's own greater self. Merging with your greater self, your greatest self. In fact, it's one's own greater self that provides the constant guidance mentioned. The emanation of the greater self into the sequentialized individual is what, in the words of the 32 paths, illuminates all the powers of the mind, which are seen in the eye of the intellect and through the contemplation of truth. Once one reaches across this abyss and arrives at Bina, they must begin the work of consciously, consciously emanating the non-sequential light of the greater self into the lower levels of self. We got to put that light into the lower levels so it could work out its order properly. And the next path is called Daleth. The left is called the luminous consciousness because it is the essence of the chasmal. The chasmal is the speaking silence, which is the instructor in the secret foundations of holiness and their stages of preparation. There are stages. The key to understanding this description is the Hebrew word chasmal. Most often is translated as brilliant flame, electrum, or amber. But in the Talmudic tradition, pertinent to the Kabbalah, it is said to be a special joining of the two words, speaking and silence. Mal chas. Speaking, which is mal, and silence, which is chas. It refers to shin which was created from the marvelous light Chokma and in turn gave birth to Bina. So the Chasmel is a dynamic, fiery thing because of the tension created by this opposition of speaking and silence. You know, as, a, as like a little footnote on this, there is a dynamic, fiery thing that happens when you have wisdom and you have to decide should I speak it or should I say silent, right? Which one serves the greater purpose? Not only of your own personal purpose, but of the purpose of the situation, of the whole. You see, wisdom, sometimes wisdom is silent, overstand. The speaking silence. Sometimes being silent says, says, says tons and tons. Where someone who's speaking says so little, overstand. So, it's this flow of duality emanating from chakma that creates the non-sequential potential of bina out of unity. And with the path of the leth, we see the dualistic essence of this dynamic. Speaking silence, chasmal, emanated into the sequential realm, the ordered realm, and giving form as infinite variety. Now, the chasmal is the root of the universal legality expressed in the 32 paths. Test by the words. 
the instructor in the secret foundations of holiness and their stages of preparation. Universal legality, the universal laws, is what determines the form of everything, be it potential or actual. In Bina, we see this legality in its barest, most rudimentary, non-sequential form, and with the emanation of Deleth, we see it become sequentialized. So the specific work of the path of Deleth will vary for each person, but in every case, it involves the integration of the greater self's perspective into every action and every exercise of one's individual power. Every one of the actions comes to perfectly reflect and manifest the universal legality, the universal laws. The next path is called Cheth. Cheth is called pure consciousness because it purifies the essence of the sephirate. It provides and adapts the design of their patterns and establishes their unity. They remain united. It establishes the unity. From non-sequential to sequential to a unified sequence, overstand, without diminution or division. Doesn't make it smaller. It doesn't break it up. It's united. This is the primary avenue by which the greater self fills each of its individualized emanations, what you put forth. As the non-sequential greater self descends into the realm of sequence, its essence, which is unified in benah, splits into countless individual manifestations, each of which expresses a part of the greater unified wholeness. We have so many parts of ourselves that if we allowed each part to shine, it would create a mosaic of your greater self and the beauty encompassed in all of that. So simultaneously, each part remains forever connected to the greater wholeness and the greater awareness of each of its sequential parts is never split and it remains completely fully aware of all of its parts simultaneously. They remain united. This is the work of the path of Cheth to manifest the non-sequential greater level of self-awareness. The non-sequential greater level of self-awareness within your own familiar sequentialized individual self-awareness. Consciousness always occupies a bubble of nowness. Now. And so behind this bubble of nowness lies the temporal past. And above the surface of the, of the, of the two dimension lies the future yet to take form. So no matter which direction, you always exist within the bubble of now. So with the work of Cheth, one consciously fills their individual self with the greater awareness and consciously picks up the reins of their nowness and begins to consciously drive it as their greater self.
So this begins a long temporal process of integrating the greater self levels of awareness into every single aspect of one's life. Right? So this purifies the F, this purifies the whole essence of the sufferer. Now the next path is the path of chakma. And this path is called the sanctifying consciousness. The sanctifying consciousness. It's the foundation of the primordial wisdom and is called enduring faith. Amen. Enduring faith. Amen. And its roots are truth. Amen. Its roots are truth. Amen. It is the father of trust. Amen. From which the power of faith. Amen. Emanates. So through me, through this, its unfailing wisdom takes form in thought and word. In Chakma, unfailing wisdom takes form in thought and word. Chakma exists beyond the ken of images and symbols. This is the realm where speaking and silence, word and thought, the components of Chasmal are still united and exist in a purely potential state. This is still in the potential. Here, perhaps, a sense of the dynamic between thought and word, between essence, manifestation, force, and form are all being conveyed. And this dynamic permeates Chokma, yet in a subdued, unified state. So with the attainment of Bina, one gained understanding through the process of applying this understanding to every circumstance of their life. The understanding matures into wisdom. Now, understanding is situational. It requires an object to focus upon. Wisdom, however, is a continuous state that exists without the need for an object of focus and automatically manifests itself through the thoughts and words of the person. So here one not only understands and manipulates the universal legality, the universal laws, they become the legality themselves. They become the universal laws, at the level of Bina, which serves as the receiving vessel of the dynamism that's unleashed in Chasmau, there exists a non-sequentially infinite number of greater selves. But in Chokma, which serves as the source of the Chasmau, the source of the thought and the word, there is only one greater self. So Chokma is the unity of infinite parts. It's the unity. Number eight, overstand. Distinct from Kether, which is the unity without parts, which is zero. We'll go into numbers in another show, overstand. So the singer, the single greater self of Chokma carries the seed that produces many. Just as the color gray carries the seed of both black and white, yet neither is exclusive. Once one attains chakma, they then act as this single greater self. 
when one stands in Chakma, they are faced with the choice of which of the countless binary greater selves is to receive the seed. Ultimately, all receive the Chakma seed simultaneously since this occurs in a non-sequential eternal level. But for the already individualized consciousness of the person, this is experienced as binary, as either or in choice. So from Chakma, one is acting as the single greater self cast the seed of their wisdom unto their own binary greater self and then to all the rest one by one. Now the corresponding Genesis passage tries to convey this concept of non-sequential simultane- simultaneity. Genesis 1.3, and Elohim said, let there be light, and there be light. In other words, and chokma, cause and effect occur in perfect unison, without sequence. Such is the power that one of chokma possesses and must wield upon self. The next path is shin, and shin is called the imaginative consciousness the imaginative consciousness, because it provides an image to all created things that have an appearance in a form fitting to each. Shin, the mother letter of fire, is the chasmal. This is the supernal root or the template, the template of the mental plan of the primordial, the Aleph, and the astral plan, the mem. It is the seed which provides the archetypal image to all created things that have an appearance in a form fitting to each. With Shin, one is acting as the single Shakma greater self. Consciously implants the seed within the Bina. Then one's own Bina greater self is thus fertilized. But ultimately, all the Bina greater selves are fertilized. Now the next path, Gimel, is called the transparent consciousness because it is the substance of that phase of majesty, which is called revelation. It is the source of prophecies that seers behold in visions. And so all of these come from the word kazitset, which is translated as gazing glass or visualizer. And all these translations equate to revelation and divine vision. But here, quite subtly, it's the veil of the abyss, the veil of the unknown. For revelation is a channeled and guarded thing. It is received as though through gazing glass. So this veil defines the separation between the Bria, the realm of pure thought or idea, and the Yetzira, the realm of images that symbolizes pure thought. So the emanation of Gimel from Chokma to Gadula is called transparent 
because it represents the descent of pure thought into the realm of images. So one who consciously casts the seed of the single chakma, the greater self, into their own individual gadula becomes a master of images and of the temporal now itself, perfectly manifesting loving kindness through every thought, word, and deed. Now the next path is Zayin. And Zayin is called the mediating consciousness because through it, the emanation of the Adzulithic influence is increased. It causes that influence to flow into all those so blessed as to be united to its essence. Now, the Adzulithic influence mentioned in the 32 path text refers to the path Beth, which descends from the Keitha directly into the Tepera, carrying with it the holy powers. So, the entry of Chakma into the Teperith via the path of Zayin multiplies this Katheric influx within Teperith. And the transformation which ensues because of this multiplication is what empowers one's ascent to Kether. So the radiant being that results from this integration of the supernal into the mundane is indeed a blessing to the world. The radiant being that is a result from this integration of the supernal into the mundane becomes a blessing to the world as a whole. And the next path, Kether, this path is called mystical consciousness. The highest crown, Kether, it is the light of the primordial principle which has no beginning and its, primor- and its, and its primal glory. No created being can attain to its essence. So this, this kether is the center of expression for the primal will to good, will it to good, which eternally creates and sustains the universe. Kether is the unity without the parts. It is the completely integrated whole that in and of itself experiences no separation into parts. So for the Katheric consciousness, all is simply self. And Kether, there is no differentiation into beginning, middle, and end, no binary choice even. This is expressed in the corresponding Genesis passage, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. In other words, from the outset, so to speak, everything has existed within Kether, the heaven and the earth simultaneously. The one who attains to full cognizance the full awareness of Kether becomes at one with everything, every who, what, where, why, and when. For such a one, cause and effect occur simultaneously, and life becomes a matter of simply being instead of willing or desiring or making happen. 
and a 32 paths proviso that no created being can attain to its essence is a very deep mystical statement. The essence of Kitha is the Ayin, commonly translated as nothingness. The Ayin is so utterly foreign to creatures that exist or have being that it's impossible for us to even begin to comprehend this realm. Our words cannot even begin to describe it. The only consciousness capable of comprehending the Ayin is Kitha, the one self, the unity of all being. In other words, no created being can attain to the Ayin. Only the creator of being can do so. Okay? Only the creator of being. Which is another way of saying that unity with Kether brings one their first perception of this essence. And the next path is He. And this path is that of illuminating consciousness. He, H-E-H. It is the crown Kitha of creation. It is the crown of creation. The splendor of unity. Likened to that which exalts itself as the head overall, the crown. The masters of the Kabbalah call it the second glory. Here we see the Kathiric light emanating down to Chakma. And so this emanation of light crowns Bria. In other words, it stands above the Briotic world of Chokma Bina. So this descending illumination carries the splendor aspect of Kether, the primal glory. Therefore, Heh is called the second glory and is depicted as one who exalts himself as the head overall. So in Genesis 1-2, And the earth was unformed and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of Elohim hovered over the face of the waters. Here, Elohim does nothing more than take notice of the state of the potential and hover over it attentively. Yet this divine attention is what ultimately sustains the universe since it provides the mental pattern for all that follows. So with He, one consciously integrates this mental pattern which sustains all created things into the single chakma, greater self. And the next path is vav. And vav is called the root consciousness because it is the substance of the unity joining itself to that understanding, which itself emanates from within the province of primordial wisdom. With Vav, Kether impregnates the infinite potential of Bina with the light of its substance. And the corresponding Genesis passage gives insight into the nature of this substance. In Genesis 1-4, and Elohim divided the light from the darkness. And Elohim divided the light from the darkness. Here we see that this substance has to do with dividing. Overstand the math, the multiplication, the division. Which, in this case, is the same as multiplying. Since we have divided what was formerly one thing into two things. In other words, this is the beginning of the potential 
It's the beginning of the potential for an infinite variety of distinct expressions of the one thing. It's this influx of the substance of the unity that establishes the pillar of severity of form. So this is symbolized by one who philosophically divides the light from the darkness and passes on his own understanding to those of lesser understanding. So one's task with the path of Vav is to consciously cast their seed of Katheric substance upon the infinite potential within their own greater self and upon all the other greater selves that reside in the Bina, the ones that reside in this duality. The next path, Beth. Beth is um, named the overflowing consciousness because from it emanate all the holy powers, all the most ethereal emanations with the most sublime essences. They emanate one from the other through the power of the primordial emanator. The Hebrew letter Beth means house in English. As the first letter in the Torah, it is said to house all the letters that follow. In other words, it contains within itself all the holy powers and conveys them directly to the individual, the Tepereth. Beth is the only path on the tree that crosses two horizontal paths, the path Shin between Chokma and Bina and the path Aleph between Gadula and Gaborah. It pierces both the supernal veil of Shin and the abyssal veil of, of um, Aleph and comprehends both levels of the plan. It also establishes the middle pillar of the equilibrium upon which are found the sephirah pertaining to the levels of self, the supernal kitha, the individual tepereth, the personal yasad, and the material malkuth, the holy powers of the unity. So here one's work of the path of Beth is to consciously bring down the whole of Kether into the individual self. Once brought directly into the individual, the Katheric light permeates every other level of self and every other sephira of its own accord. Or as the 32 path states it, they, the holy powers, emanate from one, from the other, through the power of the primordial emanator. In other words, the individual is then illuminated and becomes like a radiant sun which casts its light in every direction, giving life and sustenance to all. So this fills one with the constant catharic awareness of the unity at the individual and personal levels of self. At the individual and personal levels of self. So just to go over these last paths that I have touched upon, it was calf, and this integrates the integrated individuality still further into, into denser levels of personal self, right? And then bina, and this is a statement of potential and intention, and this is the greater self which projects its potential. Then Deleth, the speaking silence, 
right? It involves the integration of the greater self's perspective into every action and every exercise of one's individual power. And Cheth, to manifest the non-sequential greater level of self-awareness within their own familiar sequentialized individual self, awareness. And then Chakma, the cause and effect of our perfect unison, wisdom takes form in thought and word. And then Shin brings about the birth of a new life amid the old. Gimel, which is the revelation and divine vision manifesting loving kindness through every thought, word, and deed. Zayin, the conscious integration of the greater self into one's own individual personal self. And Kitha, where we realize all is simply self. And He, which consciously integrates this mental pattern which sustains all created things into the greater self. And Vav, this is the beginning of the potential for an infinite variety of distinct expressions of the one thing. And Beth, consciously bringing down the whole of the Kitha into the individual self. So these are the 32 gates of wisdom and the path of understanding, which lead to the 16 hidden paths, which then brings one to the 231 gates over Stan. We have work to do. (laughs) We've all been given a task at hand. Some of us know and some of us don't know. And if you wondered how and why, here's the beginning blueprint. Parts one, two, and three. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace. Standing at the crossroad, I get to your left. And one to your right Remember now is the way That leads to salvation And why is the gate That leads to destruction The setting of the sun 
choose the wide gate that leads to destruction. For narrow is the way that leads to salvation.
and grace and I'm back with the go and gnosis your news infused with consciousness first up is from blavity.com New York's Nia Franklin wins Miss America 2019 pageant the North Carolina native made her mark with the dedication to the arts Miss New York 2018 Nia Imani Franklin stole the show at Sunday's Miss America 2019 pageant and became the 92nd woman to take the title. Along with the coveted crown, Franklin is also the recipient of a $50,000 scholarship. Franklin, who hails from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, wowed judges with her opera performance. Holding a master's degree in music composition from the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, she moved to New York after being accepted into the Keenan Fellow Program at Lincoln Center Education in Manhattan. Franklin credits music with aiding her in learning and loving herself as a black woman. I grew up at a predominantly Caucasian school, and there were only 5% minority, and I felt out of place so much because of the color of my skin, Franklin said. But growing up, I found my love of arts, and through music, that helped me to feel positive about myself and about who I was. The night's judges included Layla Ali, Bobby Bones, Randy Jackson, Jesse James Decker, Soledad O'Brien, Ali Webb, and Carney Wilson. First runner-up, Miss Connecticut, Bridget Mary Oy, won $25,000. And second runner-up, Mrs. Louisiana, Holly Conway, won $20,000 in scholarship. Franklin plans to use her Miss America platform to advocate for the arts. So blessings and grace and big ups to the new Miss America, Nia Imani Franklin. And moving forward on the DallasNews.com, ex-cop Roy Oliver found guilty of murder, could face life for killing Jordan Edwards. The mother of Jordan Edwards thanked jurors Tuesday for convicting her son's killer, the ex-police officer, rather than letting him walk away. The police just walk away and don't have to give account for anything, Charmaine Edwards testified in the punishment phase of Roy Oliver's trial. I am forever grateful that y'all seen it in your hearts to see that it was wrong. 
Early Tuesday, the Dallas County jury convicted the former Balk Springs police officer of murder for shooting the unarmed 15-year-old African-American boy as he left a party with his brother and two friends in April of 2017. Oliver, 38, who's also Caucasian, was found not guilty. However, two counts of aggravated assault for firing his rifle into the car full of teens. Oh, praise God, someone exclaimed outside the courtroom as the Edwards family and friends quickly flooded the hallway, smiling and hugging one another. Oliver's wife, Ingrid, broke down into tears as she left the courtroom. She and Oliver have a three-year-old son with autism. The former officer, who was fired from the force not long after the shooting, was immediately taken into custody and his bond was revoked. He faces up to life in prison when testimony resumes Wednesday in the trial's punishment phase. So we have to pray once that he does receive life, that it sets a precedent so that these police officers do not feel that there is no recourse, there is no condemnation, and no punishment to pay for taking a black life, especially one of a child. And moving forward on thehill.com, Bank of America is freezing accounts of suspected undocumented immigrants. Bank of America is facing scrutiny amid reports that they have been freezing the bank accounts of customers suspected of not being legal U.S. citizens. The Miami Herald on Thursday published a report featuring numerous profiles from Bank of America customers who have alleged the bank either froze or threatened to freeze their accounts due to citizenship questions. Saeed Moshfe, an Iranian doctoral student at the University of Miami, told the Herald he was denied access to his bank account. He was denied access to his bank account after his local branch told him it could not accept the documentation that showed his current status as a student. This bank doesn't know how the immigration system works, so they didn't accept my document, the 36-year-old told the Herald. It's not the business of the Bank of America to shut down someone's account, he added. Immigration offices are different from Bank of America. With the bank, I would like to feel respect and be treated how they treat other customers, but they treat me as an alien. Dan Hernandez, a TV writer of Cuban heritage based in Los Angeles, told the Herald the bank suspected his business account suspended, excuse me, that the bank suspended his business account in December of 2016 under suspicion he had been doing business with Cuba. His corporation was called Cuban Missile Inc. and was named after a nickname he had as a child. I started screaming that this was racist, Hernandez told the Herald. Like, did you go through every company that had Jewish bagels in its name? Or how about calling someone with Korean barbecue to see if they're doing business with Kim Jong-un? The writer said the situation was, was resolved after he tweeted at the bank's social media account. So Twitter, so Twitter is having some say-so out here. It was extremely scary, he said. I knew I didn't do anything wrong, but it put doubt in your mind. A bank can crush your life for arbitrary reasons and never tell you why. In a similar case, reported by the Kansas City Star in July of 2018, 
Josh Collins alleged that the Bank of America froze his account after he received a letter from the bank inquiring about his citizenship status. Collins said he assumed the letter was spam and ignored it until his account was frozen. His account was frozen shortly after. The bank said in a statement obtained by the paper that it may periodically request information such as country of citizenship and proof of U.S. residency. Carol Molina, a spokesman for the Bank of America, told the Herald that while she was unable to comment on specific cases, there have not been any changes in the past decade as to how the bank collects information from its customers, adding that it's standard for the bank to make an attempt to contact its customers before changing the status of their bank accounts. Molina also found and said that new complaints from customers in recent months could be in response to the heightened sensitivities over the immigration debate in the U.S. So Bank of America is suspending, freezing, and shutting down and not giving the money back to accounts that they suspect are not owned by Americans, and they're making you prove above and beyond your citizenship status. And moving forward, on Yahoo.com, 44,000 Catholic women demand answers from Pope Francis over the sex abuse crisis. More than 44,000 Catholic women have signed a letter pressing Pope Francis to explain exactly when and how he found out about sexual abuse and misconduct allegations against a high-ranking former cardinal. Our hearts are broken, our faith tested by the escalating crisis engulfing our beloved church, states the passionately worded letter organized by the Catholic Women's Forum. We are angry, betrayed, and disillusioned. We, your flock, deserve your answers now. For the past two weeks, Francis's papacy has been thrown into crisis by claims that the U.S. cardinals and Vatican officials covered up for then-cardinal Theodore McCarrick. Even though the Vatican has known about his, his allegedly abusive behavior with, with seminarians since at least 2000, McCarrick received clerical promotions in spite of this and continued publicly representing the church, the Associated Press reports. The accusations against Francis himself were brought up by the Vatican's former U.S. ambassador, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vangano. The archbishop, who has long been a critic of the Argentine pontiff, claims Francis rehabilitated McCarrick, lifting canonical sanctions imposed by his predecessor, Pope Benedict XVI. Francis officially removed McCarrick from ministry in June after a church investigation determined that he had sexually abused an altar boy in 1971. McCarrick resigned from the College of Cardinals the following month. Soon after Vangano's allegations came to light, Francis told reporters that he would not say a single word on the subject and suggested that journalists read Vangano's claim and make up their own minds. The archbishop's accusation and Francis's silence have roiled the U.S. Catholic Church, with some in the hierarchy coming to the Pope's defense or others demand a thorough investigation. On Tuesday, the Vatican said Francis will meet with the, with a, the delegation of U.S. cardinals and bishops about the issue on Thursday. 
The thousands of, sig of signatures on the letter to Pope Francis are evidence of how deeply this crisis has affected Catholic women who see themselves as the backbone of the church. It's about to blow the lid on this whole church sex abuse scandal. It's coming closer and closer to a head. Let's pray, ones, that all truths are revealed and revelations are made. Moving forward, on TeleserveTV.net, Russia and China start the biggest military drill since the U.S. Cold War. The Vostok 2018 exercise by the Russian military is witnessing its biggest military drill by the country in 37 years. Around 300,000 troops and tens of thousands of vehicles, aircrafts, and warships are participating along with units from China. The exercise kicked off on Tuesday along with the bilateral meeting between Russian's president, Vladimir Putin, and Chinese leader, Xi Jinping. The meeting looks towards strengthening ties between the two countries amid the U.S.-led sanctions against Russia and the growing U.S.-China trade war. Putin said that Moscow has a trusting relationship with Beijing and politics, security, and defense. His Chinese counterpart commented that both countries would continue to make joint efforts to push the China-Russia relationship to a new height. The three-day meeting in the Eastern Economic Forum of Vladivostok brought together the leaders of Russia, China, Japan, and South Korea, along with 5,000 delegates from 60 countries. This exercise is meant to test the capability of the Russian military. To this effect, the drill will include around 300,000 Russian soldiers and officers, including 6,000 airborne troops, over 1,000 warplanes, helicopters, and drones, about 36,000 artillery, and 80 combat and support ships. Compared to that, China's participation seems minuscule with only 3,200 troops and 30 aircraft. In a statement in August, General Sergei Shigu, Supreme Commander-in-Chief of the Russian Armed Forces, said the games would be an unprecedented scale, both in territory and the number of troops involved. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, said the drills were justified, giving the aggressive and unfriendly attitudes toward Russia by the NATO bloc. The NATO spokesman, Dylan White, said that the military organization has been briefed about the exercises in May and it would monitor it. The Vistok demonstrates Russia's focus on exercising large-scale conflict. It fits into a pattern we've seen over some time, a more assertive Russia significantly increasing its defense budget and its military presence. Be aware, ones. And on Blavity.com, a new voucher program in Florida wants to help bully children, but there's a catch if they have black hair or if they have hair from people who are of African descent. A new Florida voucher program aiming to help bully children transfer to private schools is also banning many natural hairstyles of incoming black students. Why would a voucher program include hairstyles that only specify hairstyles that are specific to a certain ethnicity? 
race as much? About 20% of the schools participating in the program have hair policies many deem racist and discriminatory. According to NBC2 News, the new law dubbed the HOPE Scholarship, what are they hoping for? Will help students from kindergarten to 12th grade find new schools if they experience bullying during their academic career. But meanwhile, the voucher itself is going to bully the children about their hair. The voucher program was created to give students more options and escape the harsh learning environments, preventing them from, from succeeding. Once their home school conducts an investigation proving the bullying, students can now attend private schools under the program. State Representative Brian Donalds of Naples, who spearheaded the program, told the local outlet the program would help 6,500 students across the state. What we've never done in our state is focus on the victims and trying to make sure the victims have an opportunity to continue their academic careers, Donald said. However, critics have voiced concerns about the board language and others have criticized some of the participating schools' hair policies. In a Huffington Post report, the hair policies may make the program ineffective to black students. So black students will get bullied and have no recourse unless they decide to straighten out their follicles and wear more Caucasian European standard hairstyles. It states that 23 schools have restricted hairstyle policies. Four of them have banned locks, five have banned braids and cornrows, and 10% of the schools have banned LGBTQ students. Those students are being told that black hair is somehow by its nature anti-education, by its nature distracting, and by its nature illegitimate. Elamy Martin, Vice President for Education and Workplace Justice at the National Women's Law Center, told the Huffington Post, the majority of private schools are Christian, are Christian, and have what the Huffington Post called ultra-evangelical textbooks and curriculums that go against inclusion and promote racism, sexism, and etc. The Florida Department of Education does not condone discrimination of any kind in Florida schools, a spokeswoman Audrey Walden wrote in an email to the Huffington Post, using a cursory review of the private school handbooks over which the state has no jurisdiction. To paint a negative picture of the Hope Scholarship Program is both deceptive and irresponsible. No, it's deceptive and irresponsible to allow schools to have policies on hair that's specific to ethnicities. That's what deceptive and irresponsible. Do you see the Hegelian dialect in effect, HD, in full effect in real time? So over the past few weeks, some black students have been forced to leave school because of their hair. In one case, eight-year-old Garrick Austin from Jacksonville, Florida, was forced to cut his hair or be kicked out of school. Another student who attended a Florida private school was sent home for having locks. So blessings and grace to the ones fighting this and those in Florida need to stand up and make changes to this HOPE scholarship so that schools that do include divisive and discriminatory policies are not included in this action in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace. Truth and rights in our system. For all. We need more truth and right in our system. 
Blessings and grace, and I'm back with technology. Starting out on DefenseOne.com, the military now has tooth mics, T-O-O-T-H, tooth mics, for invisible, hands-free radio calls. The future of battlefield communications is resting comfortably 
near the back of your gums. Next time you pass someone on the street who appears to be talking to themselves, they may literally have voices inside of their head and be a highly trained soldier on a dangerous mission. The Pentagon has inked a roughly $10 million contract with the California company to provide secure communication gear that's essentially invisible. Dubbed the Molar Mic, it's a small device that clips to the back of your teeth. The device is both a microphone and a speaker, allowing the wearer to transmit without any conspicuous external microphone and receive with no visible headset or earpiece. Incoming sound is transmitted through the wearer's bone matter in the jaw and skull to the auditory nerves. Outgoing sound is sent to a radio transmitter on the neck and sent to another radio unit that can be concealed on the operator. From there, the signal can be sent anywhere. Essentially, what you're doing is receiving the same type of auditory information that you receive from your ear, except that you are using a new auditory pathway through your tooth, through your cranial bones, to that auditory nerve. You can hear through your head as if you were hearing through your ear, said Peter Hadrogic, CEO of Molar Mike and creator Sonitis Technologies. He likened the experience to what happens when you eat a crunchy breakfast cereal, but instead of hearing that loud chewing noise, you're receiving important important communications from your operations team. Your ability to understand conversations transmitted through bone improves with practice. Over the period of three weeks, your brain adapts and it enhances your ability to process the audio, said Hadrovic. But even out of the gate, you can understand it, he said. The molar mic connects to its transmitter via a near-field magnetic induction. It's similar to Bluetooth, encryptable, but more difficult to detect and able to pass through water. Sonitis received early funding from NQTEL, the nonprofit investment arm of the CIA, to develop the concept. Hadrovic declined to say whether the CIA operatives had used the device in intelligence gathering, but the MOLA mic has seen the dust of, of Afghanistan and even played a role in rescue operations in the United States. So now communications are secured within the mouth using the molars, your teeth, as instruments. Wow. And moving forward, on businessinsider.com, for the first time, researchers will release genetically engineered mosquitoes in Africa. For the first time, why are they doing it? Why? Who gave them permission to release genetically engineered mosquitoes? In Africa, mosquitoes will be the first genetically engineered animal to be released into the wild in Africa. Scientists in Burkina Faso, Mali, and Uganda are planning to eventually let loose gene drive mosquitoes that would contain a genetic mutation that could significantly and quickly reduce the mosquito population. It's a key step in the broader efforts to use bioengineering to eliminate malaria in the region. The government in Burkina Faso granted scientists permission to release. The government granted the scientists permission to release genetically engineered mosquitoes 
any time this year or next. Research is announced Wednesday. It's a key step in the broader efforts to use bioengineering to eliminate malaria, so they say, in the region. The release, which scientists are hoping to execute this month, will be the first time in any genetically engineered animal is released into the wild in Africa. While these particular mosquitoes won't have any mutations related to malaria transmission, researchers are hoping their release and that the work that led up to it will improve the perception. (laughs) They want to improve the perception of the research and trust in the science among regulators and locals alike. It will also inform future releases. Teams of three African countries, Burkina Faso, Mali, and Uganda, are building the groundwork to eventually let loose gene-drive mosquitoes, which will contain a mutation that will significantly and quickly reduce the mosquito population. Genetically engineered mosquitoes have already been released in places like Brazil and the Cayman Islands through animals with gene drives have never been released in the wild. In Africa, the project's success depends on more than just the science of genetic engineering. The people who live in the area where the mosquitoes will be released must give their consent. Researchers must staff and maintain labs to work the genetically modified animals, and regulators must accept the new technology. The impending release of these mosquitoes serves as a stress test for the whole system. We're seeing all those other pieces that are as important, if not more important, than the science itself lined up and actually being executed in sequence, said Philip Wyckoff, malaria director at the Bill and Melinda Gates, of course they're involved, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which dedicated $70 million to support the research teams in these three countries. This is, this is really horrid to think about. A mutated, genetically modified mosquito, what if it bites a person? What happens? What happens if the person's pregnant? Why would the government give them permission to release an abomination in three nations in Africa? Burkina Faso's National Biosafety Authority granted permission on August 10th for scientists to release up to 10,000 genetically engineered mosquitoes, said Delphine Thizzy, Director of Stakeholder Engagement for the Target Malaria Project, which coordinates the teams across three African countries, along with researchers in England and Italy. The government's decision was made public in Burko Faso on Wednesday. These mosquitoes, unlike their gene-drive counterparts, are not intended to have a lasting impact on the insect population. They have something called a sterile male mutation. They're making the males sterile? Interesting. None of the male mosquitoes that will be released will be able to have offspring, said Adedule Zaibate, the lead researcher in Burkina Faso. Nearly all will be male but less than 1% might be female, which are the only members of the species that bite. If any bite a human, they will not pass on any genetically modified material, Diabate said. How are they sure? How are they 100% sure? All of the modified mosquitoes the group will release are also weaker 
than natural mosquitoes, so they should die off in a matter of months, Thizzy said. The scientists plan to release the mosquitoes sometime this month in Bana, a village in the western part of the country, close to the research laboratory where the scientists work. A group of six leaders in that village signed off on the project in May 2018. Banner's residents, as well as the people who live in two nearby villages where the scientists have been doing research, were informed of the government's decision Tuesday, Thizzy said. Few Banner residents raised concern about the project's Leah Pear, who leads the team's outreach in Burkina Faso, told Stott. Her team worked hard to address questions about the science behind their efforts, including concerns about whether those sterile males might somehow pass on that sterile status to humans. It doesn't work that way. So says them. But we don't know for sure. Lots of things they thought were safe and told people were safe ended up making people deformed and sterile and mutated years later. And her team even brought in linguists and worked with the village's residents to develop a standard vocabulary of scientific phrases in Douala, the local language, which doesn't have words for ideas like gene. So thanks to Bill and Melinda Gates and their $70 million, genetically modified mosquitoes will be released in three African countries. When the Most High already gave us something in our bodies to fight malaria naturally. Okay, and on businessinsider.nl, the battle between the beef industry and Silicon Valley's lab-grown meat startups is heating up. It's heating up. For the first time, a major part of the United States beef industry is taking aim at tech startups creating cultured meat, also known as lab-grown meat or clean meat, that's grown in the lab using animal cells. The industry is divided on how to do this, however. In February, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, the USCA, filed a 15-page petition to the USDA asking the agency to strictly define meat and beef as animals raised and slaughtered. But this week, the more powerful National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the NCBA, sent a letter to the USDA arguing for the opposite ruling. Initially, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association position may seem counterintuitive, But as Quartz notes, the move is likely part of a larger strategy to fight cultured meat startups. By putting their products under the oversight of the USDA, lab-grown meat companies would need to adhere to USDA's existing regulations on meat, which could hamper research and development. On the other hand, the USCA argues that lab-grown meat does not meet the definition of meat and that the labeling cultured products as meat will confuse consumers. The government should require that any product labeled as beef come from cattle and have been born, raised, and harvested in the traditional manner, rather than coming from alternative sources, such as a synthetic product from a plant, insects, or non-animal components, and any product grown in labs from animal cells, the USCA wrote. By filing an official motion, the country's ranchers are showing cultured meat startups that they are prepared to fight for that definition. In the petition, the USCA mentions Memphis Meats, 
just formerly called Hampton Creek and Mosa Meats, three startups that are racing to bring lab-grown meat to the market. Recent venture capital investments can make that more commercially feasible. In January, Tyson Foods announced that it had invested in Memphis Meats, joining the startup's list of prominent backers, including, again, Bill Gates, the food giant Cargill, and Richard Branson. In 2016, Tyson also bought a 5% stake in Beyond Meat, a company that makes plant-based burgers, chicken, and sausage. Just could be the first to get its meat to stores. Last year, the company said it plans to do so by 2018. Memphis Meats and Mosa Meats say they will start offering their products to the public in 2021. We've made progress in all areas that need improvement, creating fat tissue, creating color, moving towards serum-free culturing, but we're not there yet. Mosa Meats CEO Peter Vesterate previously told Business Insider, Proponents of meat mimicking foods like the cultured meat and plant-based meat argue that it's more environmentally friendly than raising traditional livestock. Globally, traditional animal farming accounts for about 18% of greenhouse emission and uses 47,000 square miles of land annually and exhausts 70% of the world's water. As startups improve their meat alternatives, the debate over what can be legally considered meat will likely to intensify. So it's the cattlemen versus the technology at Silicon Valley. And also on Business Insider, Senegal, which is located in Africa, Senegal is building a $2 billion futuristic city to help cut down the overcrowding in Dakar. Now, I, my, my mother took my sister and I to, to Dakar when I was a teenager, and we stayed there for five weeks. It was a culturally rich and beautiful city. At the time that I was there, it wasn't overcrowded, but it's probably grown since then. The Senegalese leaders have long dreamed of building new urban center amid mounting congestion and overcrowding in the capital city of Dakar, with population that exceeds 3 million. The city plays host to skyrocketing housing costs and visibly high levels of unemployment. On any given day, locals encounter gridlock rows, cramped minibuses, and large groups of unemployed workers lingering on street corners. A new development promises to alleviate some of this pressure. After securing approval in 2013, developers are set to finish just finish their disrupt their construction <laughs> look at that word slip destruction their construction of diamond ideo a two billion dollar futuristic city less than 20 miles outside of the car by 2035 at the end of last year the minister in charge of the project check Conte, said that it was around 80 percent complete when finished diamond ideo will span 4,000 acres and feature an industrial park, state ministries, entertainment facilities, and a university for around 30,000 students. The project will also provide a mix of luxury, middle class, and affordable housing for around 350,000 residents. In addition to reducing congestion, the development is part of a national strategy to promote economic growth. Although Senegal's economy is growing at around 6% annually, its public debt has risen to nearly 61% of its GDP. 
Critics of the project worry that the $2 billion price tag will sink the country even further into debt. They're also skeptical of its motivation, with many drawing connections between the project's timing and the re-election campaign of current president, Mickey Saul. Others fear that the development will be an unaffordable for most Senegalese residents. Despite these concerns, the city is a masterpiece in urban planning. One of its principal projects, the Diamondo Lake City, DLC, combines contemporary abstract architecture with an homage to the nation's rich history and culture. So DLC's design was inspired by the Senegalese culture and landscape. Its short curbs and sloping lines mimic the amorphous patterns of algae in nearby lake, as well as the silhouettes of traditional female sculptures. Other materials used during the, during the construction includes glass, steel, and concrete panels, which coalesce to form a shimmering mosaic of buildings. Although they can live for 2,500 years, the Boabab have been victims of climate change and the rising global temperatures. So DLC works to combat these forces by installing green roofs and implementing renewable energy technology. It's also one of the first LEED certified projects in the country. In addition to be highly accessible for pedestrians and those with disabilities, the DLC is located just 15 minutes from the country's new Blase Dagnag International Airport. When it's completed, it will house its own train station. And the DLC's entertainment district features a mall, a national library, and high-end residential housing. It also includes a five-star hotel. The city's fashion walk offers yet another space for pedestrians to shop eat, and convene. And at night, the buildings bear a striking resemblance to the fictional city of Wakanda. <laughs> Earlier this year, the DLC buildings were mistakenly used in the promotion material for Akron's Crypto City, a theoretical community modeled after the Black Panther metropolis. So they're bringing Wakanda to life in Senegal. And on TheVerge.com, Facebook is making artificial intelligence that can identify offensive memes. Facebook moderators can't possibly look through every single image that gets posted on the enormous platform, so Facebook is building artificial intelligence to help them out. In a blog post today, Facebook describes a system it's built called Rosetta that uses machine learning to identify text and images and videos and then transcribe it into something that's machine readable. In particular, Facebook is finding this too helpful for transcribing the text on memes. The text transcription tools are nothing new, but Facebook faces different challenges because of the size of its platform and the variety of images it sees. Rosetta is said to be live right now, extracting text from 1 billion images and video frames per day across both Facebook and Instagram. Facebook says that text extraction and machine learning are being put to use to automatically identify content that violates our hate speech policy and that it's doing so in multiple languages. Given the company's well-known moderation issues, a well-functioning system that can automatically flag potentially problematic images could be a real help. So we're going to take a music moment and come back with Herb Knowledge. Blessings and grace. Hey, 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 hey,
greens before the green consumes you. Focused on the dollar and the dream until the body lets down on you. You say the cat is hard to chew, so you'd rather eat your junk food. Stagnant frequency inside the temple. Now it's affecting your mental state of mind. It happens all the time. You better eat your greens, greens, greens. Asparagus, parsley. Cucumber, Karen, don't forget the collard greens Basil, oregano You know I love my avocado I'm in love with the cocoa coconut Daylight come, told me I go pick a bunch of green banana Boil it in a stew So you know I gotta add some callaloo Eat your greens. Blessings and grace. And I'm back with Herbnology. And I'm going to be talking about the health benefits of calamus. Calamus and the essential oil that's derived from its fresh or dried roots through steam distillation. And so calamus has so many wonderful, powerful benefits. It's anti-rheumatic anti-rheumatic, and anti-arthritic. This oil is particularly stimulating for the nerves and blood circulation. It stimulates and increases the rate of blood circulation in the affected area and gives relief from the pain and swelling associated with rheumatism, arthritis, and gout. It's antispasmodic. The essential oil of calamus is known for its antispasmodic properties. It relaxes all sorts of spasms, but it's particularly effective on nervous spasms. Therefore, in cases of nervous afflictions and disturbances, the essential oil could be administered, but only in very mild doses. It's an antibiotic, a natural antibiotic. Due to its toxic nature, calamus essential oil does not allow any biotic growth. It acts as an antibiotic. This property can be used to fight infections, both internally and externally. It's sulfalic. The essential oil has a refreshing effect on the brain. Obviously, this is only when taken in very mild doses or else its effects may be devastating to the brain. It activates neural pathways and also effective in curing neurotic disorders. This all is also employed to induce and promote positive thoughts. It promotes and induces positive thoughts in small doses. And it activates the neural pathways in the, in the brain. Circulatory, being a stimulant, this increases blood circulation and helps nutrients and oxygen reach every corner of the body. And this circulation also stimulates the metabolism and it's memory boosting. The essential oil of calamus has memory boosting effects. This can be administered to those who are undergoing 
or who have undergone memory loss due to aging, trauma, or any other reason. This also helps to repair certain damages done to the brain tissue and the neurons. It's a nervine. Most of the effects of this essential oil deal with the brain and the nervous system. Therefore, as expected, this oil is a nervine and helps maintain the ideal health of the nervous system. It helps to recover them from shock and other damage. It also reduces chances of epileptic fits, hysteria attacks, and various nervous afflictions. It's also a stimulus. Calamus essential oil is particularly stimulating for the nervous system and the brain. It stimulates nerves and the neurons and helps achieve alertness and steadiness. It also stimulates certain discharges, including those of hormones, blood circulation, and other functions going on inside the body. It's tranquilizing. A low dose of this oil can induce sleep and work as very effective tranquilizer. This may be of great help of those who suffer from sleeplessness or insomnia. This tranquilizing effect relaxes the body and the mind, helping people get a good, healthy rest. And other benefits, it can be used to treat neuralgia, which is caused due to the pressure exerted on the ninth cranial nerve by the surrounding blood vessels, triggering acute pain and swelling. Calamus oil makes the blood vessels contract and reduce the pressure on the cranial nerve. Furthermore, due to its numbing and tranquilizing effect on the brain and nerves, it reduces feelings of pain. So this all is also used in the treatment of headaches and vertigo, along with being a sedative. So calamus essential oil provides relief from nervous spasms, aids in treating insomnia and headaches. It helps to prevent internal and external afflictions and infections. It stimulates the metabolism and the blood circulation, relieves the pain associated with rheumatism, arthritis, and gout. It helps to permit to prevent epileptic fits and hysteria attacks. And it also improves your circulation as well as being an antibiotic. So again, that's Calamus, C-A-L-A-M-U-S. And check in and research the nature of the Most High and how it can benefit you and the quality of your life. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace.
lift my hands to judge to him I cry Head of my life, ruler of the universe He's my guide I hear the birds sing sweetly in the tree Giving honor, power and majesty To the most high who watches over me This is our story, this is our fate This is our kingdom, this is our place This is our freedom, cut off them chains This is our struggle, this is our pain This is our love, this is our trust This is our daughters, this is our sons Give me back my wings Oh, give me back my wings See I just wanna fly again Wanna try, you fail, try to try again Head up in the stars, I promise I'm higher than the right person for the job You hired to fire them, are we working for the same thing? Same thing. Towards the same goal? Same are we losing the passion of which we came for? Okay. Are we strong but identifying the same flaws? Same Fighting flaws. each other but battling for the same cause? Let me breathe, ain't got the time to be your enemy That shit is draining and taking up too much energy I'd rather invest in something that's worth it The time is precious, if it seems to waste it It's something that you'll never see, hold me to it Everything is just a memory It's getting more distending, never more distending I remember I am not fucking about getting more vicious than ever I'll be fine as long as I got my head up Breathe. I ain't prayed in a minute Before you judge me, hold that thought and let me finish For a long time I thought that praying was just asking for things Like the road to riches and diamond rings But now I know that I just gotta be thankful Blessings every day, shit I've got my hands full Lessons every day, I'm learning from all angles Mum, stop stressing over shit that I'ma handle Don't you know, you see me got you, I ain't even got to say it The album's here, I hope you love it, hope you play it I know you knew this day will come, I know you prayed it Can't wait to look at you and tell you that I made it See, it's amazing Good things come to the people that wait and I waited Tell me that you believe the quote above I stated Nobody handed me a dream, I had to chase it I had to be business minded and put aside my feelings I had to find my own truth, my own meanings Wrote this in the same page and that started in Had to dream big, had to look beyond my ceiling Do you feel it? Feel it. Hand on my heart, if only you could feel the way it's beating I mean it, I mean it this is the type of music that ain't never gonna sell Well, should've never ever told me that Should've never ever told me that What if I prove you wrong, tell me now Could you live or die? No, you wouldn't wanna live or die I ain't saying this will go to number one No, I ain't saying that I know you know that I ain't saying that I just wanna do this all for my people Fuck the rest, get me wrong this every time Nothing more, nothing less, and it goes like No time for these low lives I'm onto something bigger with thanks to the most high But I'm more relentless and less defensive It's in my mechanism Don't give a fuck about co-sides Never scared of giving them something that's too real they don't have to play this, I know that you will, and you will huh. No, you can't ignore it now Many of us want this life, but just ain't caught for it yeah, yeah. So don't you ever, don't you ever Forget who told you this, no Don't you ever, don't you ever See, this is for your kids, yeah Don't you ever, don't you ever Overlook this here Ooh. 
message, this is our faith, this is our voice, this is our names, this is our new, now we want change, this is our sun, this is our rain, this is our win, this is our fail, this is our hands, how can we help, this is our heaven, this is our hell, this is our story, this is our tale, our tale. It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace. And I'm back with the metaphysics of the moment. Starting off with the Hebrew word Mizraim. Mizraim means Egypt, Egyptians, circumscription, limitation, bondage, affliction, tribulation, straightness, and distress. It's mentioned in Genesis 10.6 as the son of Ham. Metaphysically, Ham, the father of Mizraim, typifies the physical in man given over to sensuality. Mizraim signifies that sense belief that the life as well as the organism of man is bound in materiality and that man is subject to sorrows and to all forms of error that hinder him from receiving good. And those are the limitations and the self-imposed bondage of our sensuality being, being led and dispersed into materiality. And the word sword. Sword represents any weapon that man turns against his fellow man. The tongue is called a sharp sword. Unloving words pierce like a sword. We reap whatever we sow, and we do to others so it is done to us. If we sow thoughts and words of destruction... We will reap them. Now the flaming sword. I am is the gate through which the thinker comes forth from the invisible to the visible. And it is through this gate that one must come into the presence of spirit. I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14, 6. Hence, we take the words and go to God. We come into his presence through the I am gate and we return the same way. On the inner side of the gate is the Garden of Eden, but the cherubim and the flame of the sword are there to keep the way of the tree of life. Genesis three twenty four. To keep the way of the tree of life, we have to go through the I am gate the I am gate, and Talman. 
Talmud is Hebrew for oppressor, oppressed, wronged, violent oppression, violated, despoiled, and captive. A porter in the house of God, 1 Chronicles 9.17, some of his descendants returned with him from the Babylonian captivity in Ezra 2.42. He kept watch at the gates, Nehemiah 11.19. Metaphysically, Talmud is a thought activity on guard at the gate or door of the consciousness, a porter in the house of the Most High who kept watch at the gates. This thought activity is of the old established religious thoughts, one significance of the Jews, and is not open to the real Christ truth, since it is a tyrannical and violent character. This tends to keep the individual in bondage, in bondage, Mizraim, to the old ideas and conditions the oppressor, the violent oppression, the oppressed, the captive, instead of aiding him to become truly free from the limited beliefs and their results in the outer world, where the spirit of the Lord is there and there is liberty, is freedom. While the porters or the thought activities within us guard that door of our consciousness, we must be of a positive character to keep out error thoughts and invite true ideas. There should be nothing of a personal force, anger, or tyranny about them. The word spoken in love, faith, and the true Christ, power, suffices. And Bath Rabim. Bath Rabim is Hebrew for daughter of many. Daughter of multitude, daughter of greatness, measure of greatness, a gate near the pools of Heshbon and Song of Solomon 7.4. Metaphysically, Bath Rabim means thine eyes as the pools of Heshbon by the gate, by the gate of Bath Rabim. Solomon is speaking here to his beloved the symbolism is of Christ and his bride or the divine masculine, which is wisdom, in individual consciousness and its attitude toward love, the true spiritual feminine. In olden times, gates were public meeting places as well as places to allow entrances to cities. Court and other meetings were often held in the gates. Bathrabim represents a place in the phase of consciousness that Heshbon typifies for the gathering together and guarding of the multitude of receptive soul thoughts, daughter of many, that belong to the feminine or love in man. This divine feminine, love or the redeemed and purified soul, is very dear and beautiful to the masculine or wisdom, the Christ which is the true bridegroom of the soul. Wisdom and love are lifted up together in me and all unified in my consciousness is a good thought to hold. It's a good thought to hold that wisdom and love are lifted up together in me, is lifted up together inside of you and hold that thought as truth. And the word gate 
the narrow gate, the spiritual mind, which requires absolute conformity to truth and measure all things by the gauge of truth. The way is straightened because it requires only truth to be recognized and it rules out untruth or evil. It rules out the untruth or the evil and dothan, the metaphysical meaning of dothan. Dothan is Hebrew for the two wells, the double cisterns, the edricts, the decrees, the laws, the customs, the double feasts. The place where Joseph found his brethren, where his father sent him to see how they were faring, and where his brethren conspired against him and sold him into Egypt. Genesis thirty-seven seventeen. The place where Elisha was when when the Assyrians came to take him. Eleven, Second um, Kings six thirteen. It was here at Dothan that the Spirit of the Lord, in response to Elisha's request, showed his servants the hosts of God that were defending him. Then the eyes of the Assyrians were blinded, and Elisha led them away into Samaria, where the eyes were opened again. This caused them to cease troubling Israel at the time. Metaphysically, Dothan, the law of being, it's the law of being. Compared to customs, two wells, double sister, double feast denotes the double standard of thought that man holds regarding his life and substance. The customary beliefs lead to limited, warped experiences, while an understanding of the true law of being increases the activity of the power of the Most High in one's life. Understanding makes one conscious of that activity also. The customary belief is exemplified in the significance of Joseph's brethren conspiring against him and selling him into Egypt. The result of true understanding is shown in the deliverance of Elisha and his servant. The double-mindedness, the limited beliefs, the warped experiences by the materiality and the constraints and bondage of this old warped way of thinking about the Most High and who we are and the sovereignty within us and that wisdom and love lifts us up. And being, metaphysically, it is... Being is composed of wisdom and will and consciousness. It takes all these to make what we term God, and man stands in this Godhead as will. Ideas exist eternally as wisdom, and they are made manifest through will, and that manifestation is called consciousness. Thus man being the faculty of will in the supreme Godhead, it is through him that the universe is brought into manifestation. That which is brought forth is consciousness. Consciousness, a thing made. And the law, the law of God is the orderly working out of the principle of being or the divine ideals into expression and manifestation throughout creation. Only spiritual things are eternal and real. 
all inharmonies and seeming limitations in the world are the result of man's error beliefs and thoughts, and man can eliminate them by eliminating error from his mind. He can do this by understanding that the Most High's creation is all that there is, and knowing it to be good. In this way, divine ideals are established in mind, and by the law of mind, action, they are expressed. Thus bringing into manifestation the perfect, the perfection, the perfect that ever exists in the ideal. The law of mind action may be described in three steps. Mind, idea, manifestation. First, there must be mind. Second, everything exists first as an idea in the mind. Third, the inherent power and intelligence in the idea causes it to act or express. And when it is expressed, we have the manifestation. To serve the Lord is to keep the divine law, the law of right thought. It has come to be recognized as the law of mind action that men become like that which they behold. They manifest that which they mentally see. One who knew this law wrote, Nothing foretells futurity like the thoughts over which we brood. The heart is the subconsciousness of man. The laws of Jehovah are written on the heart of man's meditating on and the realizing spiritual ideas as the reality of his being. Realizing spiritual ideas as the reality of your being. In Yeshua's name, we're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace.
blessings and grace, and I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesdays. And I'd also like to show love to the frequency that accompanies the music. That was Yusef Days and Alpha Miss featuring Mansoor Brown, Love is the Message. V Satisfaction, Recognition. Tech Lun, Heart and Mind, Sun Ra, Godspell, Little Sims, Wings, I, I, I Know, Meath, Afronaut, F Soul, Greens, DJ Satellite, Groove Elevation, Claire Angel, Dread Orasta, Jose James and Flying Lotus, Visions of Violet, Georgia Ann Muldrow and Mogilla, Bird's Eye View, Black Amolo, Truth and Rights, Erica Badu, Bag Lady, Zach Witness Remix, The Yusef Kamal Trio, Strings of Light, Christine Miller, Narrow is the Gate, Soyas, One Thing, Tech Lun, Aberoy, Chevelle Franklin, Salvation, Earthology, by the Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Sarak, the First Mother, John Nine, Intentions. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still, focus, decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground, build, and give. Love, blessings, grace, and strength to all.